Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. So welcome to the Passion in Motion Fitness Podcast. This is your host, Charles Kiesnowski. So you've essentially transitioned from a Minnesota runner to Arizona runner. Am I correct? Correct. I've been in Arizona about two weeks. And how has that affected your um, training? What have you done? Yeah, so I, I'm, so Arizona is in their winter, because it's winter right now, but their winter is more like our fall. So, so far, it hasn't been too much different. I'm still running um, in the mornings, running in the sun. Um, Come summer, that's going to be a whole different story. Um, I can tell the difference with um, the air and becoming dehydrated a lot easier. So I've been watching that and then keeping up with hydration before I start running and during my hikes and runs and all that. So, so far, so good. And essentially that like between Minnesota and Arizona, they're almost, it's almost like a reversal in temperature differences because I know Minnesota is, can get really freaking cold in the winter but in the summer it could still get hot right yeah we still break 100 um most years um up in minnesota um most people don't realize that like we have such extreme cold but we still have hot summers too um mild probably in comparison to arizona summer but um we can still get pretty 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 warm up there and even Arizona, it, it's probably like blazing heat in the summer, but I'm guessing in the winter, it's like, it's a little bit more mild, but it's not like extreme. Yeah. So like in the mornings before the sun rises here in Arizona, um, it's anywhere between 40 and 50 degrees, um, which is ideal running weather, like perfect. Like you're not going to get over hot and um you can still wear like comfortable clothing. Um, so, right. and, yeah. And you're able to train outside more too. Absolutely. And that's one of the big reasons that I wanted to move from Minnesota to Arizona for training purposes. Like I wanted to be able to train outdoors year round. Um, granted in the summer, it's going to be before the sun comes up. So I'm still going to do a lot of training rides on my, um, on my bike, on my smart trainer in the summer, because I'm not going to, I'm trying, I'm not going to ride my bike when it's dark, um, just for safety reasons. Um, so, but I'm still going to be able to do my runs outdoors year round before the sun comes up. So that's one of the big reasons I decided to move from Minnesota to Arizona, um, yeah, I love fitness and I love, love training. So it's just made more sense. And essentially when you're in Arizona, you're probably able to train outside a little bit more often and consistently. Exactly. The consistency is the big, big factor for sure. And you don't have to worry about ice and slipping. You can have, you can run on the roads a lot easier too. 
Totally. Um, as much as I, I enjoyed running in the snow, like I actually enjoy running while it's snowing, but it's the ice that you can't see that's underneath the snow that I've fallen and, you know, twisted my knee or banged up my knee really bad. Um, I've hit my head once. So yeah, it's the, it's the ice that really, really gets me. And it's not, it's not always safe to run outside in the winter, um, both for the conditions and for the temperature. It's just not safe. So I don't have to worry about that here in Arizona. I can run outside every day. It's great. And where I live, I live on the East Coast, like New Jersey. So I get like a mix of seasons, some ice, some warm, some really hot. It's usually pretty gradual throughout the year. Yeah, that sounds that sounds nice, though. And I'm, I, I'm, I think I'm going to miss the seasons of Minnesota. But we'll see. Maybe I won't. <laughs> I've only been here a couple of weeks, so we'll see. And also, I know that you probably know Victoria run for PRs. She was a big Minnesota runner, too. Yeah, that yeah, that rings a bell. Totally. And that even training in cold has benefits and training in heat has benefits. They both do in different ways. A- absolutely. Absolutely. And I also see that you cross train a lot. You do you run, bike and swim. You do like a mixture of that. Yeah. So, um, I started out as a runner and I have over the last year I've transitioned into, um, triathlon training. So, um, it actually, I ran a year ago, almost this weekend. So a year ago, um, today, almost, wow, that's crazy. Um, I was in um, this area in the valley running a marathon. Um, little did I know I was going to be living here um, <laughs> in a year, but I, I ran a marathon and I ended up injuring my ankle, like it just some like tendonitis issues. Um, and so the only thing I could do was swim at that point because I was in a walking boot and um, just letting my ankle heal. So I hired a, it had already been my plan too, to transition into triathlon training after running the marathon. Um, it's been a goal of mine for a while to do a full Ironman um, before I turn 30. Um, that's not going to happen now with COVID, but um yeah, so I've been doing triathlon training for the last year, but COVID happened and I haven't been able to actually do a sanctioned race due to all the cancellations and the deferrals and all that. So, um, yeah, I'm still running, but I'm also doing a lot of biking and swimming and still getting in my strength training as well. That's awesome. And getting all of that combination of different workouts to work different, all different muscle groups will benefit each other. Absolutely. Yeah, they go hand in hand. My fitness um, had really, really improved. I ran a half marathon um, in August. And at that point, I was the most fit I had ever been. And I think it was due to all of the cross training. I was able to do a lot more hours of training. And it's a lot less impact on my joints, my knees, um, less 
um, um, risk for injury with doing all the different types of training. So I ran a PR in August for my half marathon. I had a six minute PR. So I ran a 138 half marathon and I was ecstatic. It was, I had been running maybe three days a week, four tops, and I still ran a PR. So it was, it was a good, uh, it was a good feeling. And essentially that if you're running a couple days a week, maybe not five or six days a week, but that cross training really helps you and develops a nice aerobic capacity for any distances. Oh, absolutely. Totally. And what is your favorite um, cross training to do besides running? I like biking a lot. I love spending time on my bike, um, both outdoors and on my trainer. I know that's kind of seems odd, but I like the trainer just because I can like really zone into like what my body is feeling. I can really think about the music. I can really um, not have to think about cars and intersections and um, safety issues as much as like I love riding outside. I do love riding outside because you get to see a lot and um, it's a different feel on the bike. I really love my trainer as well. Just hopping on and zoning out. And I can relate to that too with treadmill running. It gets boring. It's like the same thing over and over. And you want to see scenery and do different stuff every day. Yes. Oh my gosh. So one of my, one of the things I love about running outside is coming up with new routes and seeing different things. So being here in Arizona for the last two weeks, I don't think I've ran on the same street (laughs) more than once. Like I'm trying to expand, um, like my knowledge of the area just to get more comfortable, but I love seeing different things. And the Southwest American Southwest architecture is so different than Midwest that it's, everything is so beautiful and the cactuses and, Oh man, I'm just loving, loving running in this different sceneries for sure. And it's gotta be really nice. Cause you probably see the mountains ranges and stuff. Oh my gosh. That is, it makes my soul so happy. Yeah. The mountains in the background. Like I just, I don't even think about running. I'm just staring at the mountains. (laughs) Totally. And so I want to dive into another topic today. So you have, you ran the Mesa Mesa marathon. Yes. Yep. Three hours and 38 minutes was your big PR. Yes. I did. So how did that go? What was your training like going into that? Who, to be honest? Okay. Uh, my training kind of fell off like halfway through for that marathon. I did PR. Um, but as a running coach, it's a lot easier to tell your runners to, you know, um, maybe you aren't quite ready to run the race, or maybe you should not have such a lofty time goal. Um, but as a runner myself, I didn't listen to my own advice. I knew it was better to um, defer to the half, actually. 
just because my training, my mileage wasn't there. My times weren't there for what I was trying to accomplish, um, which was a BQ. And a BQ for my age group is 330. Um, but I was shooting to go a little bit faster in order to um, be able to um, – so I, I would, there's that cushion, that like five minute cushion, um, to be accepted into the Boston marathon. Um, so training going into that, um, it started off really well. And then I don't know if it was motivation or, or just it's, it was over a year ago. So I'm not, I can't remember quite, um, what, (laughs) what led to the lack of training, but I had only done one, 16 mile long run, like six weeks before that marathon, that was the longest run. And so I knew I wasn't in the shape I needed to run a marathon yet. I did it anyway. (laughs) Um, and I did PR and I felt amazing, but it led to the ankle injury that I referenced before. Um, my body just wasn't ready for the impact of the marathon. But um, do I regret it? Absolutely not. It was a great learning experience. It was amazing. Um, The scenery was incredible. Like running, starting on the top of a mountain and running down into the city was awesome. Um, So, yeah. And have you done Boston before or? Nope, nope haven't that was I was hoping for a BQ for that marathon if I kept my training up I probably could have done it my fitness was there enough that I probably could have done it but um I didn't keep my training up and (laughs) and I didn't BQ so no I haven't ran Boston but that is that is a goal for potentially this year um I currently have a coach that we're working that I'm working with for the past year or so. And that is hopefully on the agenda for this year, as long as races can take place and are happening. So we'll see. Right. Cause I think virtual races are pretty cool, but like you want to like the in-person's the best because you get the crowds, you get the pump, the adrenaline, just all those fun factors that come with it. I agree. I agree. There's nothing like an in-person race. The feels, the feels of the in-person race are my jam for sure. And you get to run with people, especially that's really fun too. It's so motivating running with people. Like I, especially out and back courses, I haven't always been the biggest fan of out and back courses. Um, I generally do loops when I do like training runs. Um, but when there are benefits, um, so you can see, um, the other runners as they like are in front of you and I smile and I cheer people on and even people who are faster than me, like I give them like encouragement, like they are in the pain cave for sure. And as if I can positively, positively impact their race in any sort of way, any sort of positive motivation, I am all for it. And that also motivates me to keep going too. So I'm not really thinking about how much pain I'm in. I'm thinking about like smiling at the next person or, you know, like looking at um, 
looking at their pace or their running form or how they're doing um, is just a motivating factor. So totally, you can't get that with virtual races. Right. And there's a big advantage to the in-person racing, which I think when I ran New York City Marathon like three years ago, my legs were beat to crap at mile 22 or 23. I just saw the crowds and the people and it just wanted me to just keep going don't think about anything else and just get to the finish line. You'll do it. You'll finish strong. Totally. Totally. So tell me what, what have you run for your marathons? You mentioned New York city. What else have you ran? I've ran some local races, New Jersey marathon. I've ran Atlantic city marathon. If you've been down by the shore, in New Jersey. I haven't. No. And they're pretty fun. They're pretty flat courses. There's a lot of people that show, show up to the races. A lot of participants. It's pretty fun. That sounds that sounds awesome. <laughs> Any race sounds awesome at this point. <laughs> and I can relate to you too cuz I do the same kind of training. I do mostly half marathon training, marathon training. I do a little bit of cross training too, some weights. A little bit of biking. I don't swim though. Not I'm. I'm not. Was never a good swimmer. Oh, tell me about it. I am not a good swimmer either. <laughs> oh, my coach. My coach though, um, Avery Lewis with Matt Hansen Racing. Um, she grew up a swimmer and she's a swim coach as well. So she has helped me so much in becoming a better swimmer. Like I. I, I say I'm a terrible swimmer, but I'm really not that terrible um, just because of all, all the swimming workouts that she's put together with all the different drills and everything like has helped me so much that I say I'm terrible, but I'm not really that bad. I started terrible, but <laughs> I've gotten a lot better. <laughs> and I think anyone can be good at swimming. You just have to put your mind to it and be consistent. It's just like running or biking. You just have to keep doing it. And I don't really swim a lot, so that's probably one of the reasons why. Yeah, totally. I think that that speaks a lot to the consistency. Just keep showing up and put in the work, and you will improve. No matter what, you will improve. So I totally agree. Anything you can do consistently, you can improve on. And for running especially, like, when I was when I just started running, it took me two or three years to actually get into like a good groove with it. And then that's where the results really started to hit. Like after the two or three year mark of being consistent with it, like I was hitting the 130, mid 130s for the half marathon. And then I got below. I eventually went sub 130 like a couple of years after that. Wow. Congratulations. That's that's a fast half marathon but it's been pretty dry though like the the last couple of years i've been just doing it for fun and with covid and everything i haven't really been as competitive which i want to be i want to get back into it pretty soon yeah i've i've found that too with covid and not having in-person races it makes it a little harder to stay on top of your training and keep pushing your body to its limits when you know that there isn't a race on the horizon. Um, so that's also been a challenge with COVID. 
Um, I've been working with my coach to, you know, different things to keep me motivated. Like this week, the goal, it didn't really start as the goal, but it kind of morphed into it. She mentioned on the phone, like, we use Training Peaks as the um, training platform that she builds my workouts. And when you complete a workout within the time range and intensity, um, the the workout itself turns green on the calendar. So she just made a little plug of, let's see that calendar green this week. <laughs> and honestly, that is all I needed to hear. Like every workout has turned green. Um, and I think it's just the finding little things that will motivate you will help with the training and being able to keep pushing yourself. Right. And I think doing the same thing, exact same thing every time is not a good idea if you want to like improve a lot over the long run. It's just doing little tweaks here and there, not doing the same exact run every day, maybe add a mile, decrease a mile. If you're feeling really good, maybe add another mile or two or however you do it through a coaching or yeah, totally. Like you can vary the distances, you can vary the intensity, you can inva- you can vary so many things. Um, the terrain, maybe you do a trail run on your easy on your easier days, maybe you do some hill repeats um, during that week for the intensity. Yeah, there's way tons of ways to um switch it up so your body doesn't get used to the same stimulus absolutely that's the way to improve for sure and also that i see that you're the owner and coach of run fearless yep yep that's my coaching my run coaching and that you coach anyone regardless of their fitness level and tailored to the individual's fitness absolutely so i've coached people anywhere from they wanted to start running they've never ran before and they want to start running and they want to do their first 5k um all the way to ultra marathon runners so yeah any and anywhere in between and i absolutely love it it's it gives me gives me drive it gives me motivation absolutely um so yeah and what is your like favorite thing when you see like a runner hit their PRs as a coach? What do you really? Oh my gosh. I absolutely like, it is like the most rewarding thing just to know like their happiness. Like I am the type of person who is happy when someone else is happy. It's it. There's a term for it called compersion. And so no matter what is causing that person's happiness, I feel the same type of happiness. So when someone is ecstatic about hitting a PR, like I have that same feeling myself. So it's so rewarding as a coach when someone hits and it doesn't even have to be a a race. It can just be like a workout during, during the week and they hit it and they are so happy that they, you know, like accomplished the, and hit the paces they were going for, or the distance that they were going for without walking or anything like that. Like it is absolutely rewarding. And that is why I do it. 
I don't do it for the money or for, you know, getting Instagram followers. Like that's not, that's not my motivation. My motivation is a lot having people, um, achieve goals that they never thought that that was possible. Right. Cause I know what it feels like. And today's age, it's a little bit trickier because there's the compare game on Instagram. It's terrible. I don't, I don't like anything about that. Totally. And what I do as a trick is I, I don't follow people that are at my fitness level, usually lower or a lot higher. So no, um, I don't keep it balanced when I, Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Especially when you. Yeah. If, uh, especially when you like wake up in the morning, you see a time and you want to hit it, but you see that person did it and you're like, oh, I have to actually see this. I want to actually do it. Yeah, I totally agree. And I want to dive into nutrition. So what is your nutrition like for marathon training or the training you do? Yeah. So, um, I keep a high protein, moderate carbohydrate and moderate fat, uh, breakdown. So protein is my main goal every day. Um, generally the breakdown is like 30 to 40% protein, um, 30, to 40% carb, and then the rest is fat. Um, So my goal for my protein every day is a little bit higher than what my body weight is in pounds. So that's how many grams of protein. So currently I'm 130 pounds. So I try to get minimum 130 grams of protein all the way up to like 150 Um, and so when I meal, when I do my meals, I always try to get in my protein. Um, that's my main, my main goal. And then I fill in from there. Um, so then add in my carbs and add in my stuff. So I eat a lot of veggies. I eat a lot of, uh, pro whey protein, um, shakes. Um, yeah, I think that's, about sums it up right and as a runner like carbs and protein those are probably like the two most important things especially you're as an endurance athlete you you need both of it to replenish your um body and system absolutely you run out of carbs pretty fast when you're when you're doing long endurance um efforts like anything over um an hour to 90 minutes like you definitely need to um, fuel yourself as you're exercising. Um, because your, your body does deplete its glycogen stores. That's your, your, your carbohydrate stores within the muscles. Um, so it's really important to ingest carbohydrates, um, while you're working out as well. Uh, but little, little do people realize that it's not only carbs that you need to replenish. It's also protein you need to replenish too. So, um, it's best to find some sort of way to get protein in as well as doing, you know, your typical running gels or chews. Right. Too. Because you mostly want to focus on your, what you're actually eating over the goose. Cause the goose are like, they're temporary. 
and for races, do you usually take goose or anything when you're running? Yeah. So during, during my races, um, for running specifically, I do gels. So I do one gel at the start line and then I, every 45 minutes I take a gel, um, for cycling, especially for like long training rides. I'm on the bike for four hours out on the road. I try to eat food as much as possible. So not just gels. I do, I do gels. Um, but I try to take, um, neutral grain bars or some sort of like actual food, some substance. Um, it's a little bit easier to manage, um, digestive wise, um, actual food, um, cycling than it is for running, um, that's something that you have to train your body to be able to do. Um, but yeah, so for, I definitely try to fuel, um, when I'm out on the road. Right. And some people may not know if when, if they're not a runner or something, they may not know that you might need actual food or versus gels depending on what you're doing. If you're running a big race or you're biking, Yeah, I think that's a, a that's a big um, factor in someone's performance when they're when they're out on their training run or out on a race. If they don't if they don't fuel properly while they're working out, um, it can make or break a workout or a race for sure. So, um, being able to, bringing gels and bringing um, nutrition with you, hydration as well is a big is a big and factor, especially sure. you don't want to hit the wall and that's the worst in a marathon i haven't experienced that personally but i know some people who have hit the wall before and they didn't they didn't um feel right they didn't get enough goose in between certain segments like every whatever amount of time 40 50 minutes or 30 ish to 50 minutes yeah yeah, um, I definitely hit the wall in the Mesa Marathon. And hitting the wall, if anyone isn't, if any listeners that aren't familiar with that, it's where your body doesn't have any energy source left to maintain um, the intensity that you're currently going at. So you just feel like literally you hit a brick wall. You just can't keep going. Um and it comes down to fueling during the race, but it also comes down to um, how if you started out too quickly and you, um, you know, started out at a pace that you couldn't maintain for the full 26 miles or the 13 miles of the half marathon. Um, so race strategy comes into play with the hitting the and- wall as well. Especially when you're running a marathon, you don't you don't want to sprint it. You just you want to go really slow in the beginning, slower than you actually think you need to, or how you need to go. Then just um, when you're at like mile ten or mile thirteen, you could pick it up a little bit, depending on how you feel. If you feel really good, then faster may be the way to go. Or if you don't feel good, just stay more conservative. I agree 100%. Totally. And 
what type of uh, equipment or shoes do you usually stick to? Yeah, so I know coming from coaching standpoint and um, what have you, it's best to have more than one type of shoe that you run and you switch them around every other day or certain types of shoes for certain types of runs. But personally, I just really like my Brooks Ghosts. That's all I use. And I absolutely love them. They are a neutral shoe, good cushion, um, a lot of room for like a lot of toe room. That's really important for me. Um, so they're super comfortable. I really, really love my Brooks Ghosts. But just because I use Brooks Ghost, they that doesn't mean they are the right shoe for someone else. So if you're listening to this and you go out and be like, oh, I'm going to wear Brooks Ghost because Sarah runs fearless. <laughs> Where's Brooks Ghost? Um, I would suggest getting fitted um, by a, a local running store that analyzes your gait and the placement of your feet on the ground and they can suggest the best type of shoe for you. Um, so yeah, but Brooks ghosts are my, my go-to. And shoe everyone's so sure. individual when it comes to shoes, there's so many different brands out there. I'm a Nike person personally. I like Nike. Yeah. And that's concluded the podcast for everything. So thank you for Great. coming on today. Nice chatting. I I fully enjoyed myself. Thank you so much for having day. me. You as well.